Welcome to the Everyday Sniper. This is Mike from Mile High Shooting. And Frank from Sniper's Hide. And today we've uh, we've had a lot of questions about the training group, the training detachment classes that we have available for you guys, specifically the one that we're putting on the basic precision rifle. We wanted to kind of go down the list and give you guys some resources to go to so that you, you can answer those questions so we're not getting the same question over and over and over. And the resources that you can tap uh, just on the website itself is milehightrainingdetachment.com. Yeah, because I'm getting emails and PMs about the classes and, hey, what do we do? How do we do this? What do I bring? So it's important we kind of address this as we're coming up. It's not next week, but it's the week after our class. Yeah, it's week, the, the 23rd. 23rd, 24th, 25th. Yeah, so we got, a, we got like two weeks to our class and guys were hitting us up with questions. And uh, I know they're hitting Dorothy up, which is good, So, because she relays that to us. So the class that we're going to be teaching specifically is going to be the Civilian Basic Precision Rifle class. And you can find that on the detachment, uh, the detachment page. And just go into Courses, scroll down, you'll see Civilian Basic Precision Rifle, and it'll give you an overview. And we'll go into a little more detail as I have a printout in front of us, what you're going to be doing, you know, pre-course, day one, day two, day three, uh, what you need to bring, what you, you know, where your mindset needs to be. And you have to ask your, ask yourself this question. Why do I need training? Before you even show up, you have to have a positive mental attitude. And we want to give you some of those reasons why you need training instead of just going off the cuff, doing your own thing, having Bubba down the street teach you how to do this stuff, and then building those bad habits from there. Yeah, we want I mean, to start fresh. It, there's there's a lot of older information. That, so we've talked about this several times in some of these podcasts. We're, we're, we're real incestuous, right? So what, what, what I learned back in the 80s you know, gets repeated and repeated and repeated. But meanwhile, for people like myself who've been in this for a, you know, a bit – Things have changed. Things progress. Things things evolve. Gas isn't ninety cents a gallon anymore. No, man. And and so you, you'll get people that that'll come and and have certain habits. And and you know I've said this a lot of times. The world is full of good bad shooters, guys who have bad fundamentals and bad technique, but have learned to shoot really well. And mostly they're either prone or bench guys. They can shoot a tiny little hole. They may do a bunch of load development. They, they never go outside of their box. They never go outside of their own private, personal little range. And, and they may appear accomplished, but they're giving you bum scoop. So we want to kind of address a little bit of that. They're fighting through the fundamentals, basically, and they're, they're not using it to their advantage. And you can be a good shooter. You can overcome a ton of things, but... Why not make it easy on yourself and stop wasting your money on, on bad habits? Yeah. You, you, what happens, and in, in, in it's been mentioned, that guys will reach a plateau or it's the guys that ne never go outside the box, never go anywhere where, like, like a competition, for example. When you're put under a set of rules that you didn't make, it, things fall apart because you never do anything by yourself that's going to make you look bad. Where a competition you show up and that match director is trying to do stages to challenge you. And what happens is you'll get guys who've only ever shot from a bench or prone 
and you know they have these bad habits and things that they've learned to work around well now they're off their belly now they're under a clock now they're trying to hit a target smaller than they're used to and, and all the you know all these elements now hit them in the head like a baseball bat and the next thing you know things aren't working out as well as they can they get discouraged then they go back to their box and they never peek their head out again because they don't want to look bad training is designed to not only give you tools that you need but to help you understand these limitations in, in the things uh, and as well as give you a good foundation so you can improve based off of those good principles and techniques. Yeah, no matter what you do, you have to start with the foundation. You have to start with a baseline and get everybody on the same page. It's You can't just go straight into, all right, I'm going to lay down on the first day and my first shot's going to be at 1,000 yards. I'm going to make my hit on the first try. Yeah, There's a lot of stuff that goes into that and we've talked about it in the fundamentals but you need to develop a baseline you need to you know test yourself and test your limits but you got to start slow you got to crawl before you can walk um i like training personally because it gives me a feeling like the feeling of accomplishment like i accomplished something i went through somebody's course you know whether it was you know basic military training tech school specialized schools machine gunners course you know on down the line yeah you know, you get that little certificate for your I love me wall. Right, right. Yeah, <laughs> what you have. I don't have my stuff's all everywhere. I don't even have it out like Mike. my Mike's got a big love me wall. Look at all that stuff. No, man. Mike's got a huge I love me wall. My stuff's all hidden. It's all put away. Even like when I did like a bunch of like Fort Campbell classes and they give you the letter. Thank you for teaching us. I, they're all filed somewhere. I don't even know where they are, half of them. But, I, but it gives me a feeling of accomplishment. Like yeah, I did something. absolutely. I go, even when I was instructing and I worked at Rifles Only full time, when I came home, if there were classes up here, I took them. You know, the Vickers, the Rogers, mm-hmm. uh, the Redback, the, all these ones. The, you know, I would mainly take classes of systems I, I wasn't doing, my, like the handgun and carbine. I take a ton of handgun and carbine, whether it's like, a, you know, the 45 stuff with Clint Smith the carbine stuff with Tiger McKee, you know, all the way to the Pat Rogers and the Vickers and so on. But I would go to these classes. Number one, it's good to, to get that critical eye back on you. It, it, it's good to, to be outside of your, your comfort zone in a lot of ways, as well as to see what other people are doing. That kind of comparison in that setting where you're talking training and you're not necessarily competing with each other in a competition type of deal, People You're are lifting more, each other right. Up. People are more open to talking about where they don't just oh yeah it's just this. Where competition, it's like hey what are you doing with that? Oh yeah I just do this. Where if you're in a training class, they'll go oh I'm into this, I'm into this, I do this, I load that, I that. You know they get really detailed because yeah because they want to give you the secret recipe. Right, it's a they, different mindset. Everybody wants to share something when you're in training, and that's a good thing for networking and meeting up with like-minded people who are actually into your interests and growing that uh that friend base too of going okay now well now i have another resource i didn't know this guy was into cowboy action shooting and i want to get into it yeah how do i do it right now you have a new buddy and and it may be where the guys will then start you know hey i met so-and-so at a class he's in florida i'm in ohio hey there's a competition in north carolina want to meet me there and we'll both do it you know stuff like that where where now you have a a a system a support system around you of of like mike said like-minded people and, and you can expand your boundaries that way. So definitely uh, training can't be understated, especially in, in 2018, because so much has changed in the last 
17 years when it comes to this. And it's good to get on top of it, to get ahead of it. You know, it beats having to do those 9,000 reps to fix the bad habit. Yeah, I guess absolutely. One way and what it. we're doing with this podcast is we're giving you guys information. Information is awesome. It's, it's good to have, but you need to back it up with something. So we're basically training your brain right now. We're giving you all this info so that you can go research it and have whatever mindset that you need to when you step into, you know, step into the box and start shooting. But we can talk to you for the next 20 years. And unless somebody actually physically takes you out and shows you how to do it, you're going to struggle. Yeah. It's not as simple sometimes as it sounds. The videos help and stuff, but there's still people who misinterpret what we're doing and understand what some of those videos and things you see like on YouTube, it's not the complete picture. So there might be a key element left out or something you don't see on the other side of the, you know, the shadow. And, and that's a key element to it. So, it, it, and, and not to mention some of the creative editing that goes on with some of these guys. Uh, it, it's, it's not the same. And I'd rather see you guys get on a really solid footing, which is why I kind of run around and do these classes with different people and different groups and, you know, open up that field it, rather than just say, well, this is all Frank's going to not go help Mile High, go help the guys in Alaska, go here, go there. We, we, we want to disseminate this information. There is no video. There's no information out there that's ever going to trump actual training. Nope. There, Somebody's looking at you. Hey, man, you, you can just go to this. a simulator. You can shoot uh, simunitions. You can shoot, you know, CO2 charged guns and everything. Yeah. Nothing is ever going to trump getting behind a gun and pulling the trigger on an actual firearm in whatever fashion that you need to do it. Yeah. Recoil's a, a big equalizer in its own way beyond wind, you know, and all that. Once you get that kind of hit on you, you got to make sure you, you understand where you're going with it. So good question that came up. Junior shooters, at what point do we start training them, Frank? Um, as soon as possible. Uh, you want to get, I got this question a couple times where, where do I go with a new shooter? I mean, I don't care if you came like said, Hey, I got, I got an, uh, you know, my son or daughter's eight years old. They got a Ruger 1022. I want to teach them the right way. Let's get them with the fundamentals right off the bat correctly. You know, you want to get them in and then that way there, you'll see them progress that much faster. You you, uh, you don't want to give them bad habits and then have to try to go back and correct the bad habits because it could discourage them in a way. You want to, you want to always give them that positive feedback. And, and one of the things that, I, and, and this is going to sound a little weird, but one of the things that helps with kids, depending on what you're going to work with them on caliber wise, is if you're going center fire with them, think about suppressing it for them. Yeah, suppressors. I like with my own daughter and everything. When I had her shooting the twenty twos and everything, I suppressed everything she shot, and that helped get her into it in the beginning. And then when I took some, you know, she started shooting stuff that wasn't suppressed. It didn't bother her and it didn't affect her the same way. Where I've seen people kind of, I don't want to say damage. That's probably a harsh word. I don't know what the kind of lighter version of damage, a scar, I guess, with loud, heavy recoiling rifles. You don't mm -hmm. want to kind of do the the old 1960s trick of watch the kid fall backwards and hit his head. You know, here's a double barrel shotgun, pull both triggers. You don't want to do that to yeah. the little kids. It, it, it always draws me back to 
you know, when I was in the military and we'd go through a class or a course or a training or something like that, you mess something up and they would scuff you up. They'd yeah. put you on your face and scuff you up. Yeah. And if you had a really shitty class and nobody was getting it except for one or two people and you were just constantly getting scuffed up, all that knowledge just went out the out the door and all I remember is just doing push-ups. Yeah, it doesn't help. It does, it, it, it's, it's counterproductive. So with kids and stuff like that with training – you, you can get you want to get them in sooner you want to practice on the fundamentals and not really go too far like I said 22s are great for this especially with the league it's a very good time kids are sponges so it's a yes. very good time to get them involved in firearm safety first and foremost so understanding the rules of firearms the one two three um, making sure that those kids understand that you know this is this is meant to kill people and break their shit but we have fun with it we use it yeah. in a sporting it, fashion it's a game we're playing a, we're working a sport with it so you want to bend it towards a foundation but at the same time they need to understand the gravity of misused, what they're actually doing screwed up mistakes you know you want to get, get on that but there's i mean there's so many good kids coming up and in shooting and and are learning some good stuff and and you don't have to necessarily baby them i'm not suggesting that like you don't but I'm saying you want to make sure that the input you're giving is productive and helping the cause and not taking away from, you know, oh, this is harsh. Oh, my shoulder. I mean, that's even a, a big thing. Bringing the rifle back into the shoulder pocket and how much purchase that stock is in the shoulder. Because if it gets a running start, that's where it hurts people. Mm -hmm. If I wind up and punch Mike in the shoulder, it's going gonna, it's gonna to leave a mark. Where if I just push against this shoulder, it's just going to move them back. Yeah, with the same amount of force. Right. It's physics. the same. And that's what happens. If you see people getting bruised in the shoulder or having issues like that. Load your bipod. Right. right load the bipod. <laughs> make sure they're bringing it back into the shoulder pocket. Because what, what I've seen people do is not bring it back into the shoulder pocket. They'll load the bipod and then they pull back and unload it. And then they'll kind of move back and they'll have they'll have you know, space, you know, it's not physical, but it's, it's, it's sort of a mental space between the stock and their, in their body. That rifle gets a running start. It smacks them. They go home, they're black and blue and out and they can't figure out why. Like, Oh my God. And then they don't want to do it anymore. Right. And they don't like it. So by just even something as simple as that is making sure the rifle's in the shoulder pocket. You know, that's the first thing I do. I bring it back into the shoulder pocket. Then I load the bipod. Then I go and take my shots and everything's good to go. But I see a lot of people who get down behind the rifle, they grip it, they go, up. Oh, I got to load the bipod. They load the bipod and then they find it's not comfortable the way it should be and they unload it, bringing it back into the shoulder. So there's all these little tiny details that get missed. And why we're promoting training like that is, is to, number one, start you on a good foundation, but to make sure you don't miss these details so that way there, when you do go home, you have a rock solid tool for your toolbox that you can pull out at any time and work on. And then with parents and stuff, you can see it from our, uh, an instructor perspective too. And now, and this is the other thing with friends, like if you, if you and your buddy shoot together, if you come to a class together, you now understand what the instructors are looking at and what we're talking about. You can now watch each other and you're looking beyond a result. You're looking beyond, you know, did you hit the target, yes or no? You know, because some people may just catch the target and then call it good because they hit it. Meanwhile, you can say, you know what, you, you hit that on the edge, you need to make this correction. By the way, you slap the trigger, 
So everything was inputted into the scope in, in your system correctly, but because you slapped the trigger, that's why you caught the edge of the plate. You know, and you won't know that because a lot of this is subconscious. You need that other pair of eyes. And usually if you go to a class with a buddy after that, what I've learned in, in my life, going through schools, going through deployments and stuff, going through that with a friend, you're going to build a tighter bond anyways. So you're going to have a better friendship. You're mm-hmm. going to have better shooting. It's just life's going to be better all around. Yeah, I Do agree. yourself a favor. Yeah. <laughs> Get on it. Cost of training. So a lot. Uh, this is kind of a it's a it's a hot subject for some folks. They're like, oh man, I don't want to spend that much on training. Well, here's what you're getting for your money. Good training costs money. You're buying experience. You're buying the ex- instructor's experience, and in experienced instructors are hard to find. You're paying for that experience, and, and let's say you're like, okay, our class. I'll tell you right now, mile high. Training detachment, basic civilian precision rifle is going to run you $1,000 for the class. Yeah. It's about three thirty a day. Now, you may say, okay, well, there's a guy in my local area that is only going to charge me $200. Great. I hope he has the same life experience. And if he does, I mean, that's a freaking steal. But you have to make sure that he's not practicing his courseware on you. Right. He's not... Just, uh, just started. Or he's not just, he's not just charging you to be your spotter. He's yeah. just standing behind you and spotting the entire time versus an actual curriculum, an actual class, you know, and there's, a there's a method fire, to it. Right, right. Objectives to meet, walking, you walking away from it saying, you know what, I feel I'm a better shooter because of this. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, training's going to cost money. It's, it's a wide gamut of, experience how they approach the subject matter and whether or not there's even a classroom element to it is it just shooting like i said a lot of it is really just kind of like hey man we're, we're gonna go to the range together you're gonna pay me to use my range and i'll spot for you and i'll correct you and i'll help you with the wind because i know the wind and you know hey try this hey try that oh we had fun shooting it's it's more of a hangout that you're paying for where I always looked at it where I trying to teach you and be an instructor for you. And I'm there 100%. Like I, I had said in, in a previous, you know, I put my phone away. I do all this. I'm out there on the line working that knob. There's certain elements where you have to spot and you're behind people and you're doing that on one side. But then once you get to a certain point, it's back to watching the student. You know, I'm doing evaluations before, middle and after where I'm looking at you individually and saying, hey, you know, we, we fixed this problem. Now you're doing this. This is the thing I'm seeing you do the most. You know, you, are you got good data? Are you writing it down? How does this data work with what you want to accomplish? I'm going to set up a roadblock now too. So all you budget build guys that are calling me on the phone all the time, what are you budgeting for? Right. You need to be budgeting for training. If you're going to save money on your gun, then you need to learn how to use it efficiently. So that's where the other half of your budget needs to go. So if you're trying to, if you're, ah, I'm just trying to get into this sport, okay, well, spend the money that you need to spend or spend the money that you think you need to spend. And I've had people call me up, I should have listened to you last year. I should have got this. Now I'm doing this. Now I got to do this. I understand. I get it. And that's why I tell you those things. But if you're budgeting something, then you need to start budgeting that training as well and include that in the price of your rifle. Yeah, I mean, it does, even like, you know, the big one in the class is like the Ruger RPR. I love RPRs in the class. 
I know them. I know the system well. I know I know what to expect out of it. So then I can go there and say, okay, your rifle is gonna gonna work up to this point. You know, one through seven. That rifle is gonna give you a seven. You're starting at a one, and I want to bring you up to that meeting the expectations of that rifle. And guys progress, man. Guys do it well. I mean, it may be a case where you're, oh, you know, this is a big one. Or you'll read online, well, you know, Spindrift. Spindrift comes up all the time. And new shooter reads about Spindrift. And the next thing you know, they're dialing a minute at 400 yards to the left. And then, you know, I wasn't doing really good until I heard about Spindrift. And I dialed in a minute left like they said. And I'm hitting my target and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, where are you dialing the minute? And they're like, well, 400. 400. And then when you watch them shoot, they're canted to the right. Yeah. You I mean, know, they're that's, pulling that's their a trigger. Lot. That's right. a lot of dialing. And it's like, okay, you're dialing out your mistake and you're calling it spin drift. Yeah. You it's know, like when you have a, a, a reflex to recoil and, you, and you're anticipating recoil and you're shooting low because like with a pistol... So you're anticipating that recoil is about to break, and then you go, ah, I'm going to counteract it, bam, and then you shoot low to the crotch of the target, and then you go, okay, well, I can correct that. I'll just aim at its head, and then it'll shoot to the center. I, I, rem- I don't remember what mo- years ago at Rifles Only. It was a long time ago. It was before match. You're just compounding the problem. Yeah, so this guy shows up, and we have a pistol stages in the match, and I want to say he had like a Ed Brown 1911. He had a tricked out, like... I know it was over 2,000, whether it was close to 4,000, but it was a tricked out 1911. Right. And he was a low left guy. Yeah. And well, he, it's the gun. He wanted to like <laughs> file his sights down or something. I forgot what he said. He was like, he wanted to file the sights or something. He goes, he goes, well, I can't, I can't move my sights anymore. And he goes, and look, I'm over to the left and I'm down low. I'm like, whoa, 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 dude, that's you. That's not the gun. And I'm like, give me that thing. And then I'm like, take it. And I'm like, boom, 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 right in the middle. And, he, and he's like, huh. oh, he was ready to take like a file to his $4,000 Ed Brown or whatever the hell. Because I always, he was I always tell people that your gun is going to shoot exactly what it's aiming at. Yeah. It's going to shoot exactly what it's mm-hmm. aiming at. Whether it, it, you think it's aiming at the target and it's actually aiming at the ground, yep. it's going to shoot the ground. Yeah. I mean... The, the bullet goes where, where the barrel is telling it. Yeah. And that's, where, where you told it to go. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it, it's, it's worth to look at all these little things and to say, this is what you're doing wrong. This is how you correct it. This is the process that I go through to solve this problem and things like that. Because you don't know till someone's looking and someone with a critical eye. So for one of our classes, you're going to pay $1,000 for a three-day course. And at the end of the course, you're going to get an autograph by Frank on a piece of paper. Holy cow. I, it's not my real autograph because my signature's unlegible. I actually have people, after they see me sign it, I have like the best doctor signature on the planet. And I'll sign like, like a credit card thing. And as soon as they see it, they're like, can I see the back of your card? Because they all flip out. And then when it looks the same... On my um, on my driver's license, it yeah. almost looks like it's part of the the, the background, the the uh, the fraud protection. Oh yeah, because yeah. it blends in it blends the way in it's just it. such a scribble. But yeah, you'll get you'll get you'll get a uh, you'll get a print of my name uh, on that. So that's I, I never write out my full name. No, I do. I, I, I never do because my full name is Miguel Martin Menchaca the second. 
That's a good one, though. I know. It sounds sexy, but yeah. it just yeah. takes forever to write. So now I just like, I don't even write my last name now. I just put Mike. I just write Mike. So if you ever see a signature out there where it says Mike Menchaca, it's not authentic. Right. <laughs> <laughs> don't buy it. I, here, This drove me like years ago. And, and, and it, it, I went to a class. It was supposed to be high speed. And, and it was good in a way. I love the drills. They had great drills. And the timings on the drills were really tough. And I was, me and one other guy were the only two people in a class of 12 or 15 that had never been to this person before. Okay. We were the only new people. So everybody had all this stuff down. And I was like a second off of what they considered the standard of the, the, the drill and the time. So like if they had a part time and let's say it was three seconds, my part time was like four seconds. So when I was done, I turned to the instructor and I said, hey, I'm right there, you know, what do I got to do to get myself to any, oh no, you're fine. I'm like, but I wasn't fine. No, I didn't meet the time. Right. I'm <laughs> like, I didn't make the time. And, I'm, and, and he's like, no, you're fine. And he walked away and I'm like, that bummed me. Because I, I was looking for that little piece of advice. You needed that push. Right. And the dude was just like, no, nah, you're fine. And I, ah. That's what you paid for, Frank. Yeah. You paid, you paid. You already knew what you were supposed to be doing. Well, I got the drill and then I can work <laughs> on things because I kind of knew it. But imagine that as you'd never been to class before. You're asking for extra help and it, and it, and it didn't come. So you kind of want to always go. And I take these things to heart that I've seen to happen to me and there you're paying for my experience the, the the lessons i've learned so i'm hopefully bringing that to you in a way you know when you come to the class i'm not going to turn around and say okay guys here's the firing line what well, i do this like the last hour of the last day but i'm not going to go on saturday morning when we're supposed to be shooting and learning something and go okay guys now yesterday we got dope today you're going to learn to dope the wind. So I want you to bring a case of the ammo I told you to bring or break out a case of the ammo I told you to bring and just shoot whatever you want and practice in the wind. I'm going to be back here, you know, reading Facebook. And it's like, that's not helping you. But that's the old mentality is you want to learn how to shoot in the wind? Grab a case of ammo and shoot in the wind. Well, no, I have a plan. I'm going to tell you to do A, B, and C. So that way there, and you've heard my wind rant. I'm going to tell you to do A, B, and C, and we're going to look at that information, and I want you to follow it and see your predicted versus your results. What we want you to do is we want you to hit in the wind the first time. Yeah, we don't not want chase you to it. Send, we don't want you to send 15 rounds down in the last, you know, the last half of that 15-round string. You're, you're getting close and you're hitting. We want you to do it with your first shot, your second shot, your third I, shot. I, on, a, on any given relay, even when we're just learning how to dope the rifle and we're getting our data so we can use that for the next follow-up days, I want you to get like three out of five hits. I don't want you to get three out of 15. You know what I mean? So I'm going to work with you guys to say the goal is for us to get three out of five. For each yard line, we're going we're gonna to shoot a max of five rounds. And the expectation is to get three out of five hits on these targets. You know what I mean? And not three out of 15. And to me, that's one of the big differences. So that's the mentality that you need to bring to the class. Positive mental attitude. And you got to say to yourself, okay, I'm, I want to be a better shooter 
by the time I leave here. And hopefully we can accomplish that for you as well and, and from our side. Um, gear. So before um, before you show up anywhere, you got your gear list, right? Do a drag bag or uh, you know, do a, do a bag drag on that and go down that gear list and say, okay, here's what we need. And I'm gonna give you a list of our requirements of what we have right here that we're gonna expect you to bring to this class. So first thing is gonna be your precision rifle. Six millimeter to 338 Lapua Magnum is just fine. Yeah, I don't recommend the 338 on a basic class, but if that's what you got, we've had a ton of people go out and buy that Savage Axis, that 338 all mm -hmm. the time because it's like 800 bucks, and they think, ooh, ah, 338. You won't see me putting down 500 rounds out of a 338. No, three you days. want, you know that's, what I mean? If, I'm just saying. If, if you want to learn and, and rather than a 308, get a 308 and bring that, I'd rather see you do that than a 338. If we were doing an ELR class, different story, but on a basic precision rifle, I've had them in class. I have no problem with them in class other than I think it's a um, it's a liability for the shooter who's new to, to, to start out of the gate. Can I take my mile high story? Heck yeah. Here's my mile. Dude, listen to the So I get a call and they're like, hey, we just got a guy who wants a class. And he he just he's in New Mexico in Taos and in in. He wants you to go down there and set up his rifle and give him a class. I said, all right, cool, man. So I get his contact info and, and Mile High hooked me up with him. I call the guy up and I'm like, all right, dude, what you get? He's got bought an AX-50. Oof. Schmidt and Bender, the whole thing. And I'm like, AX-50, all right. I'm like, uh, what do you have before that? He's like, well, I got a 17. 17 HMR, like a 22? Right. And he's like, yeah, I got one of those. And I'm like... You went from a 17 to a 50 cal. He's like, yeah, I want to shoot, you know, like I saw on Discovery Channel. I'm like, you haven't shot anything else? He goes, well, I got a fi another 50. I'm like, oh, okay, what's your other 50? He goes, I got a Desert Eagle. Oh, sweet. The handgun. Yeah. I'm like, okay, so yes. you got a Desert Eagle 50 and you bought a 50 cal. All right. So I won't get into the whole details, but when I, when I finally got him on the range to shoot, and, and there's, there's a story that g goes like a day and a half before I actually got him to show up. He shot four rounds and he was done. Mm, I can understand that. Because he shot the first round, he went, you know, and he had, he had like penny loafers on, a white button-down shirt, and some fancy bedazzled jeans. That's how he showed up on the range. And um, he went, wow, that's loud. I'm like, yeah, dude, you bought a 50. Yeah, they're loud. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And then he's like, shot number two, and he's like, boom! And, I, and he's like, oh, well, you know, that's got a lot of recoil. I'm like, yeah, dude, you bought a 50. Yeah, and it loosened up the snot in your face mm -hmm. and everything. He shot his third round, and he stood up, and he's like, at 100 now. And he's like, I'm done. I'm like, I drove from Denver to Taos. Yeah. You're done, dude. Yep, I'm done. I had enough. I'm like, one more round. <laughs> oh, come on, just do one more. I'm here, you're here, yeah. the gun's here. So I got him to shoot one round at 300 yards with it. Did so, he hit? Yeah, he, dude, the gun's hammer. I mean, he had him almost touching and stuff, but the thing is, he, he, he just picked the right tool for the job if you can do it. I don't recommend you jumping into the Magnum if it's like your first precision rifle. I'd rather you get a 6.5 RPR or a 260 or a six millimeter or something smaller. 308 is, is your general do everything, go everywhere for, for this kind of stuff. But 
that my only I, thing. I honestly, I like a 308 for a class. Yeah, I do too. Because you learn a lot. You learn it. a lot. Plus, you can plug a lot of rounds through that barrel and you don't have to yeah. worry about burning you it. You don't got to clean anything. it. You don't got to think. You don't got to. It's, it's, and it's, then it's, when you go back to your, your sexy little six or six five, like better. right after that class, you're like, dude, I can't miss with this thing. Yep, exactly. That, there's a mindset to that too because it, it's absolutely true. You struggle in the wind with the 308. You struggle in the wind with it. Then you go to your 6.56 millimeter. You're like, boom, tink, boom, tink, boom, tink. Yeah, you where are you holding? On the plate, I'm fine. Right edge, ping. Right <laughs> edge, ping. Where were you with the 308? Oh, 1.5 mils. Right. Go yeah. figure. Yeah, cut half of that off. Mm-hmm. So the, think about your kit. All right, no, that's right. Optic. Target turrets, man. Um... It, it, your optic, you need to have a 20-minute base with a minimum of 60 MOA. Yeah. That's where you need to be to do a class. So you want your scope. Uh, I don't care if it's a 10 power, but it's got to have at least 60 minutes and put it in a 20-minute base with that combination. And whatever you're using, try to make it so that it's either mill turret, mill reticle, or... MOA turret, MOA reticle. There right. are some older scopes out there that will have a mill reticle and an MOA turret. It throws some people off. Just make it easy on yourself. If you want to make it super easy on yourself, get a mill scope. Yeah. And just run it uh, and run that. M mills will be so much easier, man. It's 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 ten pennies. That's all you got to know. What a mill is. It's 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 one cent to ten cents. I'm gonna say this. I'm not making fun of the gentleman. He just he he said it and it kind of struck me funny. He goes, uh, well, you know, with mills, I don't want to shoot mills. I want to shoot MOA because when I'm measuring a target, it's easier for me in MOA. It's like, okay, well, you know, they call it milling, not MOAing, right? Mm -hmm. And then we just stared at each other for a second. And he was like, but why are you oh, measuring oh, oh, the target for that? What's he measuring? <laughs> I don't know what he was measuring. He was was just, he going to cut it when he, he got he, done? I was just, we were in the MOA mill discussion, and I was like, well, just do mill. It's a lot easier. No, no, no. In, in, in the context of the conversation, it's like, what were you measuring? Right. That's and, and understand the radical, I mentioned this, it's a calibrated ruler three inches in front of your nose. Right. They all are. Yeah. Doesn't matter the system. I, I speak both. I just have to, I go down the line. It's You'll hear me. Like, say there's there's six people that I'm on my side of the line, and it's, you know, mill, mill, MOA, mill, MOA. I, I call a dope either way. I, I can speak both languages, no problem. And I just have to remember, oh, you're the MOA guy. <laughs> <laughs> right? Oh, shoot, I got to use a bigger number now. Everybody else is using two. You got to use 7.5 or 8. Right. Bipod. So make sure you got a bipod, bipod. on that rifle. It can be Atlas, Harris, doesn't matter. Just bring a bipod. Uh, I, I'd prefer you have one that had a swivel on it or can't or something like that so that you can turn the rifle into yourself and actually lock it into place. Yep. Pod lock if you got a Harris. Please yeah, get a pod, pod. Lock. Oh, It's $11. Yes. $11. It's the best K 11 to $14 you'll ever spend on your Is bipod. Is it 14 retail? It's like, it? well, it's 11 to 14 depending on which brand you go with. Okay. KMW, Terry Cross. Support Terry. Um, Sand sock or rear bag. Yeah, rear bag. And and now for a lot of guys, if you plan on doing any kind of competition or anything, uh, one puff pillow of some kind, one pillow, one rear bag, um, so we can work with that. If you're just gonna, if you're coming to a class and you're not going to shoot a match and you're just going to go home and, and be your own man, you don't need the, the puff pillow. Yeah, and Frank has brought up those, uh, if you're coming from out of state or something like that, Tab Gear's got those zipper bags. 
so you don't have to carry around that extra weight and you can just load up load debris it with sand from when the, you get there yeah, yeah. From, the, from the range yep uh so, shooting mat yeah mat bring a, like a tab mat is best to travel with or some version of that like i said cross tech has the a one that's a little more padded and only a tiny bit thicker but a, a, a shooting mat and if you're not quite sure we mike ran and went and got uh painters tarps yeah i got home, some canvases and stuff home so depot we'll, we we'll had throw all those down yeah we could do something like that a sling a sling bring a sling We'll go over sling shooting class um, and as well to carry. And we're not walking too far on my range, but if you do go to a place where, where you have to walk from range to range, you want to sling your rifle of some kind. I got those Colorado Precision do you? Uh, slings. They gotta, just came in. So I, I think one. you guys are going to, we're all going to meet at the shop before we go out to the range anyway. A bunch of people who are coming in on Thursday are going to meet at Mile High. And then Friday morning, we'll meet at um, the Maverick yeah. in Fort Morgan. If you're missing any of this stuff, man, just come see me or, sh- you know. Area, if you're going to be late, email. call. We yeah, can bring call. it. You can pay for it there. We can bring stuff from the shop if you need it. Yep, yeah, that's not a problem. Hearing protection. Backpack. A backpack. Something yeah. to stuff all that stuff bring in. Bring a pack. Makes yeah. life easier to stuff your ammo and your empty brass and all that stuff. If you don't want to keep your brass, no big deal. We throw it away or do whatever. And your licky chewies. Got to have, yep, gotta gotta have, have your, your pogey bait. Eyes and ears. Uh, notebook, pen, pencil, um, some type of... Impact we, data books. Yeah, I went with Tony. Data book. Um, I, went, I got with Tony and I redid the Sniper's High database. I changed... Or not database, data book. I changed the uh, some of the, the inserts in the Sniper's Hide version. So it's a little bit more up to date. And I got rid of a few of those F-class type uh, pages. So chronograph pages... A shooter diary are the pages I use. The ballistic chart one we just did will be in there. I had them put a cold bore in it and then a come up pages. So Impact Data Books has a sniper's hide edition. 350 rounds at a minimum. 500 rounds is ideal to bring with you. We generally do um, 100 rounds a day. Sometimes it's more, sometimes it's less depending on the class flow. But 100 rounds a day is, is like optimal. So it just depends on on how the guys are progressing as a as a group. Um, yep. So and we got some targets that are really really far out there too. So if it's kind of yeah. like winding down for the day and we're just kind of getting the last hour done, I, I do a thing before the last hours up. Actually, two hours before the class is over, I do something with everybody, and that takes me about one hour. Then that last hour or so, I let you just shoot whatever you want on the range. And that last hour is sort of a free-for-all. So there are targets that go to a mile. If you got a 6.5 and you want to take a poke at a mile, you can do it. You know, uh, for the 308 guys, you know, 1,400, 1,500, 1,600 is available. So you got to remember, our range goes every 100 yards to a mile. So we got plenty of steel for you to shoot. So while you guys are listening to this, or maybe right after you listen to it, if you haven't done so already, here's one thing that we're going to recommend to you for this class is go on your cell phone, go to your app store, and download the Hornady app. It is free of charge, the Hornady Ford Off application. That way we're consistent with software. A lot of these different elements, we and I go over software quite a bit, there, there's, there's things that are central to all software. We'll do that and we'll work with that and we can true up your software and do what we have to. That's what we do the first day, collecting data. Then when I send you home, I'm going to give you homework and you're going to have to go do your homework. But if we have everybody using Ford Off from Hornady, number one, it's free. We're not making you spend any money, but two, it keeps us all on the same page. Yep, we're all speaking Chinese. Yep, we're all going to be speaking the same language, which would be ancient alien, Sumerian. <laughs> the, what do they call them? Uh, 
they're not ancient aliens. They're ancient astronauts. Ancient astronauts. Ancient that's astronauts. Right. Yeah. Yep. Uh, seasonal clothing for the Colorado Front Range. You just you do never it. know. Yeah, you Bring never know. Bring something warm. Yeah, uh, do a ten day forecast, but those are subject to change. The meteorologists around here are about fifty fifty. Yeah, and the, where we're at is kind of this weird nexus because as stuff comes across the mountains, it gets a little bit of a launch and it jumps a little bit, but then it lands like right where we're gonna be. So it can it can flip on a dime. So even if the weather says it's going to be 55, you might throw in a pair of long johns just in case because it might be 25 in the morning when you show up, you know, so um, and then it'll end up being 70 by the by the, you know, one o'clock in the afternoon. So just in case, make sure you watch the weather. If you got some kind of rifle cleaning kit, some kind of field kit or whatever. Um, and if you're shooting 30 cal, I got a ton of the the same cleaning kits that you guys can pick up from the shop but on your way out yeah, there. Yeah, so I keep one need, in my car because yeah, it's so, got rods. Mm-hmm. The same uh, 30 cal, I guess you could do the 5.56 five, version for the smaller stuff. At least if, if you're shooting a caliber that's not 30, get the 5.56 five, version of the rods like your, your uh, M16 cleaning kit. That way you have a set of rods something. if you need them. Yeah. You know, it's worth, even if it's not caliber specific, just get a smaller 22 version because if you got to pop something out or do something, you never know. It's worth having a rod and then a bore guide. Yep. Those cleaning kits for your optics too. I know when you buy a Schmidt, you typically get a cleaning mm-hmm. kit for it. Uh, bring one of those cleaning kits too. And your Allen wrenches for your scope, please. So our objective of the class is going to be giving you guys the tools to effectively engage targets with a precision rifle system and optic out to 1,250 yards to include known distance, unknown distance, rapid engagements, and alternate positions. So as we run down the class, this is all, all that requirement stuff. That's all pre-class. You get all that stuff together, make it nice and neat in your pack, um, and bring it to us. Mm-hmm. And optional, if you have, the, there's in the optional too, I want to talk about this, yep, yep. kestrels and spotting scopes and tripods and shooting sticks and stuff. A tripod for sure, because we'll talk if you have it. If you've already bought it and you have it and you want to talk, bring it, because we'll, we'll go over it, and I'd rather you bring yours Rather, because if you use my really fancy, really right stuff, say you got a Manfrotto with a hog saddle, and I give you the 33 really right stuff tripod with a leveling base, that is not going to translate to your Manfrotto with a hog saddle. So bring yours if you have it. Yeah, train with your equipment. Right. The other thing, um, uh, the spotting scope, I'm going to, there is ability to pair you guys up. And have you spotting? Now, I have extra scopes, and I've actually just broke out a couple with reticles in them. Um, I have, like, three Zeiss with uh, with reticles. Yeah. So I'm going to put a couple on the line, and I, nice. I, I got a plan. Claimed. I claimed one. Okay. Well, if um, if if you have a, tripo- a spotting scope with a reticle, if your spotting scope has a reticle, bring it. If your spotting scope does not have a reticle, you don't have to bring it. I can give you stuff on the line. I can give you a spotting scope with no reticle. But the thing is, with the reticle, you get to see, and that reticle information will translate from a, a, you know, your rifle scope to your spotter. So the information will translate. What you're looking at when that other guy's shooting, you can then kind of apply to your own scope. And heck, you may shoot, you know, spot for your buddy on your rifle, but it'll give you the same skill set. Right. So if you have a reticle tripod or spotter, bring it. Non-reticle, leave it at home. 
I'll repl- I'll give you something to use. Let's pause it real quick. Good. Yep. So, day one, jumping into the training portion of it. What you're actually going to pull away from this is we're going to do an overview. Day one introduction. Hey, I'm Mike. Hey, this is Frank. Yeah, and I have I have. Um, in just the basic class, depending, I have three different PowerPoints I use. And so there's there's key elements to all of them, but there's like a four, a six, and an eight-hour one. Uh, we're probably going to be in the six, the, the four to six-hour zone with this for that because we're going to be right out at the range. We'll just walk behind us and we'll have the range, so we'll be able to go right into the range. Yeah, the so shooting. we'll have an overview of fundamentals. Yep. We'll talk put, about optics for a little we're gonna bit. We're going to put everybody on the same page. Yep. Um We'll talk about your rifle setup, and we've talked about this, customizing it to you, making yep. sure that you're comfortable behind the gun. Um, this is where, and some people get, get a little, like other people, dude, we may tear people's stuff all apart. Sometimes you'll get into this where it's like you get, they get the guy behind the rifle and he's been off to the side. We're going to move his scope. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. Some people's equipment breaks. We're going to be swapping equipment. You have to kind of expect that in a class. It is hyper common that we might get pulled or one of us mike or myself might get pulled over to you know shooter number seven out of a class of 10 and fix his gear so understand that's definitely a possibility in a, in a basic class we'll talk about ballistics and ballistic software yeah, basics that, i'm not going to get you too yeah. deep i'm yeah, going to give you the hip pocket yeah ballistics. You, you're going to learn more from actually pulling the trigger than you will understanding the yeah. The numbers of the whole thing. If we understand how to plug it into a system and copy that data down and apply that data and then shoot and then write that data down, then we're okay. Yeah. Um, most of the ballistics is cause and effect. If this happens, this will happen to your bullet. And then we bring, we reduce the other end of the ballistics down to how it pertains to your ballistic solver. So we don't get into internal ballistics or terminal ballistics. We don't deal with either one of those. Uh, because that's so dependent on the system. And um, so we're going to do external. And like I said, we're, we'll do cause and effect in the beginning. And then like circle around to solvers. And then we'll go and apply that stuff on yep, the range. All applied. So run about 100 rounds for the first day. The first day is usually <laughs> less. The first day, depending, because we're right at the range. But the first day is usually, I mean, it may only be... 25, 40 rounds on the first day because of the classroom element to it. So it, yeah. it just and depends on the class. And if we need to class. re-zero some stuff, so... We'll always re-zero. Yeah, we'll yeah. always re-zero. So just have have that ammo available. We'll be checking zero probably four times over the weekend just to, to make sure all your stuff... This is how people in, in... This is how we figure out tracking too. Yeah, this is how we figure out your tracking <laughs> screwed up, your scope's messed up. As well as, you know, we got that scope humbler out there from uh, Target USA if your thing isn't returning to zero, which we do see, this is how we saw the vertical split ring problem because every day at the end of the day, we'd bring people back to 100 and then the beginning of the day, we'd kind of do it again and we'd start to see these variations. And the next thing you know, we start testing these scopes and looking at this stuff and find out, well, shit, vertical split rings are making it so you don't come back to zero. What the fuck? And so this is how we identify problems. 
Uh, moving into day two, so classroom, we'll talk about reticle, how to use your reticle efficiently, a little bit of wind reading, and then some data collection, and then we'll turn around and use all that information yep, on, on the range. range and do all that. We'll play around with that stuff. We'll get some good good targets, good range in, unknown, known. I'm going to add one more thing to your requirements list. If you have a suppressor, bring it. You love suppressors. Man. Yeah. I just, so somebody asked me to, I, I missed it, and I just saw it today. He's like, hey, you got a suppressor. I'm like, I got one of those suppressors. You can probably use it. I'm going to edit this thing right now and make Suppressors. I gotta have a suppress. A suppressed class is heaven. Civilized to be suppressed. Yeah, you can hear your impacts. You can talk to the guy next to you. You don't have to shout. Mm-hmm. And then I, I don't go. And then you can drink your tea with your pinky out. Yep, I drink my tea with my pinky. <laughs> Bitches. So day two, we got down two hundred rounds. Are we gonna get through two hundred rounds? Nah, man, well, you never know. It depends. Like, it does depend on the class. This March one, it may go flow really well the way it's looking. As far as you know, I can't tell right off the bat. I haven't looked at the complete list. But if it flows quick, you get the, the rounds go quick because we don't have to reset up. We do everything. It's in a logical order out there. The targets are already preset, so it's not like you're waiting for us to do stuff. So we can just go down That's the line. That's part of our boom, service, boom, man. Boom, you, boom, boom. You come to a class. You're ready to learn, you learn. You're ready to shoot, you shoot. There's no, all right, well, hold on while we set the range up real quick or have you guys run targets down. Those targets are up. Yeah, even if you're you- are ready to go. If, 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 if you know, I, I, I don't know, what, oh, I know Bobby G on there. Bobby G's got a 6.5 Creed, we won't count him. But let's say, you know, Vinny has a 300 wind mag. Vinny. Vinny. <laughs> Vinny's got a 300 wind mag and he breaks my 300 yard target. Well, there's other ones there. We don't have to go, oh, Mr. Bell, there's more than one target at each yard line, so it's like, okay, Vinny, you don't get to shoot the close ones anymore, you know. And but we, it doesn't stop the class because we broke the target. Emma bolts. Yes, the bolts break all the time. Day three, a little classroom there. You got data collection, and then kind of a. It looks like an open forum. You guys start talking and asking us questions. You know, shooter choice topics. Yeah, and then we got tripods, barricades, and alternate positions, sling shooting, stuff like that. That's where the so, fun begins. Yep. Right there. Then we'll do the holds, the reticle holds from three to 800. So that's kind of what we got on, on tap for March, May. And like I said, March is March got one slot because another person moved. March is full. March is full. Yeah, I mean, if you, I, don't, if, I if you can't make care. it out here in the next week or so, don't bother. May is sold out. August is filling up. May is oversold because yeah. I had an extra uh, two guys coming together, and so I added an extra slot to accommodate two people. And then we're moving into August now. Yep, August is full, and then I think you have plans for something later. October. October. Yeah. Uh, you can find these classes on the Mile High Training Detachment page. You can buy them on Mile High Shooting's page. So if you go to MileHighShooting.com, and remember concert tickets, man. I they don't I don't know how they have it, but I don't do the refund thing when people you know unless you're way far out, you know if you if you booked it today and then call me next week and say hey I made a mistake okay that's a different deal but if you booked it today and then ten days before the match and said I can't come I'm mean, sorry dude scalp your ticket or or, or roll you into a different one yeah milehighshooting.com if you go onto the the bar just underneath the search bar. It's going to say more info. If you mouse over it, you'll see the training uh, option is the second option there. And before we get to, because we're running time-wise, yeah. LE guys, hit up your people for these classes. Uh, LE guys can use this more so than anything. The scariest class I ever taught was an LE class. And it's, it, it's 
you guys have that same problem the military does, incestuous. The military. If you're LE, go to exactly where I just told you and look at the prices on those classes for your unit. It's cheaper than the civilian. You guys are going to be saving some money. And honestly, I, I would rather do some stuff with you guys um, and, and, and get you all up, spun up. We give a little break to the LE people as it is because, you know, they're doing a job for this. But I know it's tough for your commands and your units, even if you have to roll into a civilian class because you can't book a full LE or do, so there wasn't one, come to a class. You guys can benefit so much because every, every honestly, the entire shooting world not only surpassed what the LE guys are doing in a lot of ways, they kind of stepped on you and, and crushed your ankles and head walking over the top of you. Um, I you, took a civil or not a civilian. I took an LE sniper class last September with Steve, our director of training for the for the detachment. And here's what I got from it: the first few days or the first day, Steve was calling everybody's win for him, helping him out. Mm -hmm. he, but he wasn't calling mine, and I was like, "I see what you're doing, Steve." And it and it was I liked it personally because I was like, "Okay, I need to do this anyways because I'm going to be teaching part of this class, so I need to." You know, I need to be on par. Um, so when I walked away from it, I walked away with more wind calling experience than I have gotten in the last two, three years. Yeah. Period. Um, we had about 400 rounds total for the course. And with the LE stuff on the LE side, I, we saw a lot of like you guys are using old guns. Um, you know, old equipment, old, you know, old mentality, old this, old that. We always talk about old school. Well, this is the epitome of old school when you're, when you're doing an LE course. Um, I can modernize what they're doing so quick, man. I can, I can help them be efficient, fast, effective. It is a, it, I'm telling you, it is a high speed course. And we were there from, from six in the morning, whether it was set up or, you know, getting stuff ready again, the course of fire. And we left at six at night after the target, after everything was reset. So we're resetting targets every night too. So you guys have something different to look at every time you guys come in. So it was, uh, there's a lot of steel out there. Well, actually we're not, I'm going to shoot, I'm going to shoot your steel, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but you're, you're going to get a lot out of it. And everybody who did go to that class, all the officers that were there, all the SWAT snipers and everything, were like, yes, I pulled XYZ away from it. I'm not going to tell you what you're going to pull away from it because there's a lot of stuff that we have to teach in that class that we can't put out in the civilian world. So you're going to pull something away from it. Got it. Good. That's 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 the deal, man. That's a wrap. Dude. That's 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 everything. They're, they're, that's our classes. That's kind of a giving you an idea of what we're doing. I'm like I said, I'm getting a lot of emails. People wanting to know, will I travel here? Will I travel there? I the the basics I have to have to travel is you got to have a range, you got to have a classroom facility, and you got to have students. I'm not there. We'll have a hey, Frank's coming into town. Can you get X amount of people? And the more people you get, helps you know lessen the price for others. But I mean, if it's and I've had people ask me this. If it's five of your buddies who just want to take this class, it's going to be expensive, you know? So you get more people to kind of drop the cost down a little bit. But you need a range. You need a classroom. You need students. And you need somebody who's going to coordinate me coming into town to do it that way. So think about that stuff when you're emailing me and you're asking me. Because we are, thanks to the podcast, you guys have been fantastic. Yes, Hit me up for, for comments. 
and asking me all these questions. I'm getting a lot of training questions, a lot of, hey, how do I do? And, and I really appreciate that. But Hopefully this answered what we have for as far as three-day courses for you guys, uh, the stuff that we're, we're primarily going to be doing this year. Um, and Dorothy's our point of contact yeah. at Mile High. If you have questions, shipping stuff is a question. You can ship to your hotels or you can ship to Mile High. I, I don't... Like I said, it, it, sometimes it's like I say one thing and they're not sure. But If I've you're going to ship your stuff and you're listening to this right now, send me a tracking number so I know when it comes in. Yes. So we don't pull all your stuff apart, put price tags on it, and stick it on the shelf. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So Mike at MileHighShooting.com. Just let me know what your you know what the what the deal is. If you're uh, if you're sending something in or you just want to say hi, whatever is cool. It, it makes it easy too because I know people have gone back to Mile High and shipped things home. Mm-hmm. Uh, be, before I was doing the debt stuff with them, I've had people come out for private classes and they always use Mile High's services. In, in we try to make it convenient yeah. for you, so you don't have to worry about the logistics of the program. Get your body out here. We'll we'll get you trained and then we'll send you home. Yeah, but we've had drop ship questions about ammo and stuff. Hotels or mile high is the easiest way. Yep. Um, that way you know. And we'll put it in the connex and wait for you or whatever. Like I said, let Mike know it's coming. If you're gonna sign up for a class, I urge you to get in touch with Dorothy. It's common spelling Dorothy at milehighshooting.com, or you can reach her on our main line at 303-255-9999. And, and she's always been forwarding me questions if something comes up that she's not quite sure on. Yeah. But no, again, thank you guys. Oh, we're almost 1,200 followers now. We jumped up big. We had that 1,000, and then it jumped up, and uh, the downloads are friggin' ramping up. You guys are digging we're on. We're almost at 50,000 downloads. Look at that. Five more to 1,200. Yeah. Woohoo! That's, that's rock star. Yeah, almost 50,000 downloads. You can, so thank you guys. Keep the questions coming. Keep the uh, participation coming that you're doing. Dave, Dave sent me a, a, a voice question today on um, Dave Baker there, who's listening. Oh yeah, yeah. he sent me a, a, a audio question. He's like, "Hey, oh, and he was telling me about Tub and his hydrogen bore around. I, I, I don't care what Tub does, but I, I like David. Don't get me wrong. I'm not doing it, but I get it. There's stuff out there you could do when we were talking Molly and all that. Oh yeah, yeah. He was answering me." But they, yeah, man, send this stuff over. I really appreciate you guys, and we're, we're all good with it. Yeah, thank you, guys. We yeah. appreciate it, and uh, we'll get back at you next time. You got it. Thanks.